Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show. All right. This is the Fizzle Show, where every week we publish another episode about things that are interesting to indie business builders, indie entrepreneurs. That's what we call them. You want to create a business You want to live because you want to live life on your own terms. It's not because you just want to be super rich and wealthy, though you honestly won't put up a much of a fight if, the, if that's what happens. Okay, so that's what we do at The Fizzle Show because we know it's possible. We've done it. We're doing it. But we also know it's difficult. All right, it's possible. It's amazing and difficult. And that's why we do The Fizzle Show. Now, if you want to go deeper than just podcast episodes, if you want to pursue more in-depth guidance to create your business or make your existing business fun again, or just get a creative project off the ground with a chance that it can actually earn you a little extra income, well, we've created something just for you. And it's not what you think. It's not a course. It's a bunch of courses. And they're all exciting, exactly what you need. You'll actually watch these courses because they're entertaining and really, really, really actionable. So also, it's not what you think. You don't do this alone. You do it with other people. There's a whole crew of us inside of Fizzle who encourage each other, support each other, give each other feedback. You're not the only one trying to build a business and create your own freedom. All right. Don't do this alone. It will cause you stress fractures. Okay. It's difficult, but it's amazing to create a side project or full-time business that helps you live life on your own terms. And that's why we want you to try Fizzle, our membership community for indie entrepreneurs. So if that's you, if you want to do it, make it count, come by Fizzle and try it out for free on us. When you go to fizzle.co slash try five, there's a special offer for you there at fizzle.co slash try five. Okay, Steph Corbett, my second time doing the intro live. What do you guys think? Nailed it. Whew. It feels creepy to just be sitting here listening to do, you do that live. <laughs> I, I know. I bet, I bet it does because you can't hear the music or anything and I'm like going all off the off the script and stuff. And uh, I'm just kind of sitting here. I'm just, I just keep going, even though it's weird for me, just kind of going like, I, I bet Steph and, and Corbett are fine with this. They're over there. They're, they're fine. They're fine on their nails. They're reorganizing things on their desk. <laughs> They're okay. using this yeah. time wisely. Like I said, it saves me having to go back and listen to the episode later to find out what you said. So, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So today is a special. I'm glad. I'm glad. It's just us three. You know, we've had some guests on the show. We did Ross Simmons. We did Neville Benzina. We've had a string. We've had Claire. We've had a string of like a handful of great, great, great episodes. In fact, one Fizzle Show listener wrote in uh, and said. You guys are on like, I don't know, something's happening these last handful of episodes. And I feel it too. I, I, I just like this. I like what we've been doing. Uh, so the last, I don't know, five, maybe basically, yeah, since episode like 198, probably, uh, I sort of switched gears and how I'm thinking and planning out the Fizzle show and letting it be just sort of more what I think it is. And, and it's, I think it's showing. I think it's, I think we're having a lot more fun with this. Don't you guys think? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's been great. Love it. It's been super great. So it's us three again. We get to reconnect you guys. I've missed you guys. Hey. I've missed I miss you, you three. And we're going to talk about just uh, like a little bit of how's your father. All right. That, that's that's our ver- what we call <laughs> how's your father. It's really it's really like uh, current events in 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 indie entrepreneurship. Q1 
2017. <laughs> now, these aren't going to be all news necessarily or anything like that. It's just stuff that's on our radar that we think you should know about if you don't know about already. Do you think that's a fair assessment of what you guys put together, Corbett? Does that sound good to you? Yeah, there's. Uh, I've got two, uh, you know, sort of tips and tricks kind of thing for discussion Ooh. and then one that's a little more fun. Oh, yeah. I like that. I like that. Steph, that sounded good for what you prepared as well? Yeah, you know, these episodes are always fun because you just never know what you're going to get. It's kind of a mixed bag, so... It is. We'll it is. It's like a chicken nugget that way. It's like, I don't know which part of the animal I'm eating, but yeah. <laughs> I, I like it. Give me more of that honey Dijon. Mm-hmm. Okay. With that joke, I think we'll start in with the actual thing. Who wants to start? Who's, who's, who's aching to start this thing out? All right, I'll go first. Okay, I love that. No one is going to be surprised by this one, but I had to talk about it because, guys, I finished the entire season one of the Courage and Clarity podcast. It's totally done and 100% published and out there and uh, available. And I'm really, really excited about that. So mm-hmm. I, felt, I felt like I would be remiss to not talk a little bit about having that experience being done and point people towards the Courage and Clarity podcast if they have not checked it out yet, because it has been such a cool experience. I set out, well, first of all, for people who don't know, and I think most people do know, but you never know, we created another podcast here at Fizzle. It's called Courage and Clarity. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's intended to deliver one part inspiration and one part instruction for people who want to go after what they love in business and in life. And we, the three of us, kind of agreed that a good, healthy goal would be to publish one season of this thing and kind of see what happened. So with that, I set out to create 12 episodes of the show with six guests. And honestly, the conversations, they turned out to be much deeper, more meaningful, and I think more helpful than I really even was hoping for in the first place. So mm. I'm excited because we've made the decision to continue with season two. A uh, big, you know, what Chase, when you asked us to talk about things that are going on in our world, I like this is like just such a big part of what I'm working on right now is I'm really deep in the production of season two of this podcast right now. And truth be told, it just feels amazing. I've connected with so many people who are looking for more courage and clarity in their own lives. And I've just been kind of like losing myself in these conversations with these amazing women. So I wanted to invite anybody who hasn't checked it out. It's on iTunes. You can go to courageandclarity.com. I know a lot of people who listen to this show have been so ridiculously supportive. And I, I, I want everybody to know how much I appreciate that. So yeah, it's been really fun. This is like the first huge project of 2017 that I have completed and I'm really excited about it. Okay. What's your biggest surprise uh, in creating this thing? What is the thing that you're like, I didn't think this would be the case or I, I, and I, and either I'm both, I'm either pleasantly or not pleasantly surprised about this, about creating this whole podcast, your experience, creating a new podcast. Mm. Well, I talked a lot about this on one episode of this show recently, as well as episode 13 of the courage and clarity podcast that went, it just went live, uh, I guess last week. Um, and a couple, I mean, one, Making creating a podcast is really hard. I think it's harder than I thought it was going to be. It's it's more time intensive than I certainly more time intensive than I thought it would be. At least as a beginner, I think it's it's getting faster now. That's one big yeah. thing. Uh, but I think more than that, the the most surprising thing to me is this is and, and I don't want to go too too deep on this, but I will say I didn't expect it to be as much fun as I'm going along. And you know, I, I kind of like. I saw myself getting really fixated on the destination in the beginning, like, oh, this podcast will be really cool if it's like makes it big or something, you know, but I've had more fun actually in the week to week, like just releasing it and getting comments and people emailing me and reaching out to me and all different kinds of mediums. 
And week to week, people just being like, oh man, this one's better. No, this one's better. No, this episode's better. This sort of like living in the moment with it has been more fun than I thought it would be. I don't know why I didn't think that. I, I thought it'd be fun, but just kind of like learning with people has been has been a really cool experience, much more than I expected, actually. I love it. I love it. Okay, let's move on to the next one. Corbett, what you got, dog? <clears throat> First up for me this week, and uh, by the way, I apologize if I sound a little odd. I've been slightly under the weather the past couple of days, but... Uh, Dude, you don't have to lie. That's a hangover. <laughs> I can smell that a year. The wine I can smell flu. that. I can smell the wine flu. What? I've never heard that. <laughs> That's what we call it in my house. <laughs> <laughs> I get a bit of the wine flu. I think I'll sit at home and wear my sweatpants and watch Antique road shows. Is that okay with you? <laughs> oh, man. Nailed That's it. great. Anyway, uh, so Corby, you're feeling sick? Um, yeah, it was uh, it was probably not helpful to uh, party for a week with our friends in town while I had a cold. So, mm-hmm. yeah, call it what you yeah. will. Uh, here uh-huh. I am. So today, for the first thing I wanted to chat about was I came across this article this week, actually, which I thought was pretty interesting. Not on the face of it, because the Harvard Business Review, uh, which is where I found this, a lot of times writes about big organizations and employees and things like that, and Most of us aren't thinking in terms of being a big organization or having employees, but this article I think applies just as well to ourselves as individual business owners or as very small teams. The gist of this is that there are a handful of studies that show that to motivate employees, you should show them how they're helping customers directly by telling them stories about how the customers are benefiting from the work they're doing or putting them in touch directly with those customers so that they can see that the effort they're putting in is leading to fruitful results for real people. And this got me to thinking about how much we, the three of us on the Fizzle team, spend time talking about the little success stories that we hear from people. You know, I think every week there's a couple of little high points that we have where one of us receives an email or somebody talks to us over uh, one of our coaching sessions or something, and then we share it with the others because we know that 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 heartbeat of feeling like the work that we're doing directly leads to some little successes for somebody out there is really what keeps us motivated at the end of the day. You know, you can you can talk about pay, you know, you can talk about benefits, you can talk about the people that you work with, and all of those things matter, but. I really feel like the through line, the reason why we do this and the thing that keeps us motivated is that connection to our customers. So I was just thinking for any small business owners out there that are listening to this, anybody who is feeling a little down about what they're doing, try to reconnect with your reason why and try to um, tell yourself those little stories, collect the stories of people that you've been helping, maybe solicited if you haven't heard from customers in a while send out a survey or something and read these things and understand how the work that you're doing is actually impacting people because it can make a big difference in terms of motivation. Mm. Okay. Here's a question for you then where in your business right now, do you currently uh, like experience that connection that you have to your customers, to what your, you know, your contributions, your efforts are actually impacting their life in this way or that way. Where do you actually find those, those things? Me you personally? personally, Corbett. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, there are several places for us, and this is because we've actually, you know, built our business on top of a lot of connection points to customers. We're we're in a way a service business. Uh, you know, it's it's a, a larger service, a more mass service, but we're a services business in a lot of ways. So 
we talk with people regularly every day within the Fizzle community forums. So we get to hear from people there. Um, people email us directly either, uh, you know, just to support or sometimes they email us individually. We also have coaching sessions every week where we get to jump on and actually talk to people directly live and hear what they're working on and, and what they're struggling with. And part of this isn't, you know, it's not to say that we're always looking for an ego stroke to see like, you know, how did fizzle help you specifically, but just thinking about our broader goal of we're here to help people earn a living doing something that they care about, whether we're the direct, you know, instigator of that, or it happens because we've helped lead people down this path. Um, just hearing from the little wins that people have on those coaching calls or in the forums that um, always just for me kind of grounds me and reminds me why we're doing this and why it matters. Uh, especially mm. when, you know, analytical people like me, I think have a tendency to focus a little bit on the metrics too much sometimes and you can get down in the weeds and the numbers and start to feel like, oh, just, you know, things aren't going that well or, or it's really hard to make a difference. But then you kind of remember that, you know, any little impact that you have for one single person just validates that what we're doing matters. Mm, love that. Steph, do you have like, where do you feel? Obviously, you're the sort of member success manager. You're our, you're our team mama of all the Fizzlers and Fizzle members, also Fizzle Show listeners, anybody writing into us via email. Where obviously, so I imagine your in inbox, your email inbox is one place where you are getting these interactions. Is, is there other places besides that? And I don't know, have you learned anything about getting those good vibes from email instead of just like the bad stuff? Oh, yeah, definitely. And as Corbett's sharing this, I'm totally over here like nodding along with this because I think it's so true. And this is something that I've learned about myself in the past almost two years now that I've been working with the fizzle on the fizzle team being part of this whole thing is for me when I am having a bad day or I feel disconnected or really like I just not in alignment with what the heck I'm even doing here. I have learned that that is the first thing that I should go do is go find someone I can help. Like, and I think this applies. Yes, it's true for someone like me who is definitely a communicator, a people oriented, et cetera. But I think if you're in, you have a business and you're kind of looking to, I don't know, reaffirm or revalidate why you're in this thing. This is what Corbett talked about with the why. Just like getting in there and seeing that you can help just one person. First of all, you can do it really quickly. Then you start to feel like, okay, I have a lot to, to give here. We're on the right path. This is, you kind of just get that momentum that I, I have found then helps me pick up another project that I was maybe facing resistance with before I went and, and got some FaceTime with people. So for me, you know, the forums at Fizzle are huge. We have this whole community of people where there's just a ton of questions that people have or interesting discussions, all kinds of stuff. And for me, it's just going in there and seeing who can I help? Like, how can I just find someone that I can help right now? Again, not not for the ego, like Corbett said, but just to feel like people, like, and Chase, you talk about this a lot too. It's like people, this matters. People really want to be able to do this and I can help them do that. And then when I do that, it kind of re-engages me and what people are looking for and how urgent this is of a need that we're filling. And it just, it just kind of revs mm. me up a little bit. So yeah, I think this is huge, no matter what your work is to just get back in there and, and uh, connect with your customer and, and remember why you did this in the first place, I think. And so Corbett, the Harvard Business Review mm -hmm. article, which will be at fizzleshow.co slash 
206 is is basically saying this is a this is a something that we're learning is is this an, an intense way of motivating your employees as, as and also yourself as the entrepreneur exactly they're they're not talking about yourself as an entrepreneur in this article they're talking more about for example one study found that fundraisers who were attempting to secure scholarship donations felt more motivated when they had contact with the scholarship recipient. Mm-hmm. So this is thinking about if you're trying to motivate employees, if you can put them in contact with the people who are receiving the benefits from their efforts, it matters. But I just thought this applies exactly in the same way mm. to independent entrepreneurs. Yeah, I love that. Okay, I'll I'll take over now. Um, I think I might have to do this. I prepared things, but I think I have to talk about. I, oh no, I think I have to talk about something I didn't prepare. I can feel it coming up. Oh, oh God, no! I'm so sorry, you guys. This is gonna suck. Here we go. This might blow up the whole show. Um, but we're talking about, you know, you were t- it just dovetails nicely into here. And I was thinking about it earlier today, maybe talking about it. But it's woo woo, and it's out there, and it's weird. Um, but just this, it, it dovetails into this idea of motivation, just too much. This motivation that we all sort of hunger for is such an asset in our businesses, mm-hmm. like such an asset. This is like jet fuel, but like real life rocket science, <laughs> jet fuel's super expensive and it's super heavy. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? And it like weighs you down. And it's like hard to get and it's all this like raw materials. So uh, what I'm getting to is this. I have been like exploring with this weird like like ideas of in this thing called the law of attraction, if you want to give it an idea or if you want to give it a name. And it's such a stupid name and I hate the whole world of it. But uh, but it's like showing me this very simple fact that I can have more awareness about what feels good to me, what I want to feel and what I don't want to feel. And I can simply try to think more about what I want to feel. So famously for me on this show, I've always thought about being an, and uh, actually let's do this. Let's go this way. I, I want to be an entrepreneur inside of fizzle, right? So people listening to this show, you want to create an indie business and you want it to be successful, right? Well, what do you want that to feel like? Wait, Steph, I should stop here because this is what we're getting into on your Courage and Clarity show. So I won't go I won't go into detail on like the hows of this thing, um, because we'll save that for the very next episode of Courage and Clarity. That is the next one, right, Steph? Yeah, actually. So at the time that this fizzle show that we're talking about right now is live, that is the episode of this week. So you can literally go to courageandclarity.com and listen to this week's episode. Okay, and listen to the latest episode where we'll get into it because it's all about this this thing. It's episode but, uh, 14, just if, in case you're listening in the future. Okay. So for me, I'm just personally experiencing a lot of like re- a really different, uh, a really different balance in my life around inspiration, motivation, like vision, uh, uh, confidence. And it's, it do- it's not doing the big wild shift thing. And in fact, it's, it's, but it's way better than just like, like being fine. Do you know what I mean? It's really weird. And it's coming from these, like, so I, it's not a business thing, but I think the, in, the uh, impact that it has up for me since all of my life is basically expressing itself in both like just 
loving my family and friends and like creating a life that I'm just like engaged and excited by. But like, I have to call out the business and the creative force of my life as like a a complete separate idea. Like I love that and spend so much of my time, energy and focus on that because this is just something that I know how to do now and I enjoy it. And I really like, I really want to dig into it and, and savor it and like, and make it super I don't know, make it what I want it to be, you know, not, not like, I don't like not needing, you know, an audience to tell me if I'm successful or not, just like we gotten into before when we talk about how do you define your own success? So in my life personally, this has made a huge impact on how I am pursuing my, my vision for fizzle, my vision for my role in fizzle and the projects that we're doing. It's exactly what is influencing why the last several episodes of the fizzle show have so much energy, mm-hmm. right. And how it just feel kind of like nice and, and good. And like people are responding so much to them um, because it's just like falling into alignment with like, just, I personally am like just buzzing on it. And it's coming back to that same Howard Thurman quote. That like you guys, it feels like all of life is in this one quote where he says, don't ask what the world needs, ask what makes you come alive and then go do that. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. And what I'm geeking out on right now are processes for coming alive. And one of the big ones, I guess, is what we're going to talk about or what we have talked about <laughs> on the <laughs> Courage and Clarity episode 14. And so that'll be a good like little place to stop for me there. So all that to say, like, this is something. And if you're curious, like I get I've my angle into this has mostly come from uh, teachings of Abraham Hicks, which is super weird. You'll see it's very weird. It's so but good. the best introduction, super, the best introduction for that for me is actually Oprah's interview with Abraham Hicks on YouTube. She did a radio interview with her and, and it was a great introduction. And then the 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 book that this is all kind of like i've listened to mostly just like her sessions like on youtube uh i found a way to download the audio only from youtube and i put that into my into my ibooks so i can listen to it on the go um so i've listened to a lot of that but there's also an audible book called law of attraction which i really like but it's kind of weird you you just know that when you're opening this door you're gonna have to deal with a lot of like okay there's a lot of weird in here but if you just look at it through your own experience and filter everything through like well let's see if i can use this uh uh i think i think you you might have a, a good experience with it so anyways that to me is what's what's very current for me in q1 of 2017 because it's like radically changing how I'm, how I'm, I'm, I'm pursuing business. Well, I feel like this is really tied to your journaling practice too, right, Chase? I mean, that's a big part of this that people can check out too. Yeah. We did that journaling webinar together. I think that's what fizzle.co slash journal, right? Fizzle.co slash journal. Yeah. I don't know. I think that that's been a big part of it. So yeah, you're exactly right. The way that you can think about it is like, there's, you have, you are, you are a many, you're a very complex thing, but think about you in this metaphor, right? You have a, you are a horse and you are a rider. And this horse is like this, this wild beast. These are your emotions, right? These wild beasts who are like incredibly powerful and, and, but like might like be feeling cold and want to feel warm, but not know how to make itself feel warm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But just like super powerful being. And then there's this writer who like doesn't have any of this power, but can go like, Hey, here's that. Here's how we can get warm. Like I, I know how to do this. Do you know what I mean? And the whole goal is to try to to do both of these together. And I just feel like I've been repressing, completely repressing my emotions. The other part of it is just like how much of modern life is optimizing for not feeling bad instead of optimizing for feeling good. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, and those are two completely different things. 
optimizing for not feeling bad. Like, hey, I, I know things are wrong when I feel bad. And, and the, the difference between that and like, oh, wait, I want to feel good, like optimizing for feeling good. I don't know. To me, there's like there's just like a whole world of dialogue in those two in those two metaphors there that I really like. So I'll stop there. That is that's one thing for me. Crazy stuff like that. I don't know what you call that, but that's one thing. I like. Was it, it too bad? Just, uh, Chase's brain dump. No. Yeah, that was my brain dump. That was my brain dump. I like it. Am I up next? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so I guess this is kind of similar. This will be a quick one though. This is this is just very uh, I don't know simple, but this is a account on Instagram that I am loving right now that I would really love for other Instagram people to check out. Uh, it's by a lady named Mari Andrew, and the handle is by Mari Andrew, and she spells it M A R I. It looks more like Mary, but in her description, she says it rhymes with starry. So I think it's Mari. She is an amazing illustrator who I think I found through Brene Brown. I follow Brene Brown on Instagram. And uh, once Mm. Brene mentioned her, I immediately started following because I love Brene Brown. And what a lot of what Mari publishes, you guys, literally stops me from like mindlessly scrolling. I have said, oh, wow, like, out loud multiple times when I see when I see <laughs> wow. this stuff from Mari Andrew. Her illustrations are beautiful. They are very simple. They're like almost it looks it's it's cool. It looks like literally she did it, you know, with a piece of paper and a pencil. But she is tackling these concepts like grief and vulnerability almost painfully well. And a few of these have prompted some journal entries for me, like in my own thinking, and have helped me reframe how I look at things, especially tough things. I'm kind of a conceptual learner. Like for me, having analogies, it really helps me process things. So the way that she uh, represents some of these topics are are really visually compelling. I've reposted a few of them on my own Instagram, but it's amazing. I just reposted one yesterday. It was it was about it was like this picture of an iceberg. You can go look at this on Instagram. Be better than I can explain it. But the tip of the iceberg it says something like a seemingly spontaneous moment of success. Like that's what you can see above the water, and then under the mm. water is like a million things, 10,000, or I think it says rejection times 10,000, sad emails to mom, comparing yourself to other people, jealousy, just this like huge iceberg of stuff that as entrepreneurs or as, you know, inner craft is going on beneath the scenes. And, and then, you know, the only thing that everybody else can see is this spontaneous moment of success, kind of like peeking out from the water. This was just one thing that I love. There's a bunch over there and I love her work. Um, so check her out. It's at by. Mari Andrew, and that's M A R I Andrew. It's so good. So if you're into this, this is amazing. I just isn't it so this. cool? I can't, and I can't pull it up because my internet's too bad. So, so I'm like just dying to see it. <laughs> don't touch your yeah. Don't do it, Chase. We need your internet. <laughs> it's really good. I promise you. There's there's so much good stuff, and uh, I think if you're into this type of stuff, like learning about vulnerability and like I said, grief, all kinds of cool topics, uh, Mari is really worth following. No, this this is amazing, and it ties really well in with my next concept here which okay, is okay wait stop um, stop there I, this is a per- stop there where this is the perfect time for an ad read from fresh books so are you ready to come in right after that I got it, buddy. <laughs> okay. So FreshBooks is small business accounting software, and they are supporting this episode of The Fizzle Show. And uh, this small business accounting software is designed for small businesses, especially for all you freelancers out there. Okay. It helps millions of service-based business owners make everyday invoicing and accounting easy, fast, and secure. And you should know that FreshBooks has been redesigned from the ground up. If you look at it before, you might want to look at it Again, okay, let's look at one of these specific uh, features here. Listen, 
but I guess the most important thing for everyone listening here is that getting started on FreshBooks is actually just really easy. It's extremely simple. Even if you're not a numbers person, actually, especially if you're not a numbers person, FreshBooks is going to help you with your accounting stuff. It does expenses, it has a mobile app, there's cash flow tracking, time tracking, etc. Here's a quote from Justin Sundling, who's just a general contractor. Not necessarily a sexy business, you know, but doing, doing services for people and charging them money for it. And Justin says, FreshBooks is incredibly intuitive to use and saves me five to 10 hours every week. Okay, so as a Facebook, Facebook fizzle, as a fizzle, as a fizzle listener, you can try a month of unrestricted access to FreshBooks. Okay, and to do that, you just go to freshbooks.com slash fizzle and enter fizzle in the how did you hear about us section, okay? So that's freshbooks.com slash fizzle. Our thanks to FreshBooks for supporting independent business and the fizzle show. Okay, Corbett, I want to hear what your next one is and how these, how these illustrations tie in. Yeah, so this Mari Andrew just makes me think about uh, how there are a million accounts on Instagram. And when Steph was telling us, when she said, oh, you know, I've got this Instagram thing you guys should go follow just a few minutes ago. I was just in my head for some reason flashed one of these gazillion Instagram accounts that just post these like mindless quotes with pretty fonts, you know? Yeah. And some of them have a decent number of followers, but it's just so replicated over and over again because at some point a few years ago, somebody did that and it was original and it worked really well. Yeah. And now everybody copies it because it's not that hard to, to do, right? Whereas this Mari Andrew has these incredibly unique and uh, original illustrations. You will not see this work anywhere else ever. And I have no doubt that her Instagram account is just blowing up right now because this is how this stuff spreads, right? It's, it's content that is unique and interesting and it matters in a, in a way. So Steph tells people about it. And now here we're talking about it and it spreads and, it, and all is good in the world. This is exactly what content should be. Original, mm. unique, whatever. Mm. Mm. On the other end of the spectrum, we have this article that I found uh, from the American Marketing Association, which shows <laughs> that marketers for big brands, we're talking about huge brands now, marketers who work inside of brands are blogging 800% more than they did five years ago, but they're nearly getting hundred percent fewer shares on each post that they publish. So Jeez. they're putting out a crap ton more content and they're getting way less results for each piece of content that they put out there because in their mind, they just decided that more is better and they don't understand what substance is. They just know that they need to put things out there and that people will click on them and magic happens and then their business grows but it doesn't really work that way because there's a flood of content out there and there's a flood of copycat content. There's just so much out there. And this, this just took me back, uh, seeing this in, in the AMA, uh, just took me back to Think Traffic, the blog that I ran several years ago. And the question that we had at Think Traffic was originally along the lines of, there are you know hundreds of millions of websites out there and blogs. What is it that makes a handful of them massively popular while most of them just spin their wheels and go mostly unnoticed? And over and over and over again, people would ask me, like, you know, what's the secret tactic that I should use to get my content out there or to grow my traffic on my website? And the ultimate answer that I came down to was 
unfortunately, and it's, it's not, you know, revolutionary, but you have to create something of substance in order for people to care. And then all of the tactics and things that you might learn can actually work for you. But if you don't have something of substance, then all of those tactics are just, you know, noise. And unfortunately you're contributing to the pollution of content that's out there on the web. So I just wanted to bring this, this study up, not to depress people into realizing that there's a lot of stuff out there and most of it is, is going unnoticed, but instead to point out the opposite. And Steph just gave us the perfect example here of how to do content mm. right. Mm. Yeah. I mean, this is, it was so fascinating to me uh, about this is media is media is in a very special way. You know, media, when I say media, I mean, all the different kinds of media, think of the way that that media has evolved from, you know, clay tablets to writing on the wall, I guess from, <laughs> from, you know, cave paintings to clay tablets to, to hieroglyphics, I guess it went hieroglyphics first, then clay tablets. And, uh, and eventually printing press and we have books and we have, um, uh, uh, I don't know, phone stuff and, and, uh, what's the little thing that yeah, we got something new on the wires here, folks. <laughs> think of a telegraph, <laughs> telegram think of the telegram. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, and, and anyways, it, 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 just think of all. And then now when you think of media, you think of, you can see the different outcopping. copying. It's just gotten infinitely more complex, not infinite, but like it, it, it's just like any other, uh, living system. It gets more complex, uh, and it, naturally, it does that. Unlike corporations and, and business services, which constantly get sort of grouped together and consolidated into these corporations, what the way the natural world works is it gets more and more diverse, more and more complex, right? And so media has this really natural way now of, of evolving itself on a you know, relatively short, like 15 year who knows what podcasts are going to be like in 15 years right can you imagine like the i just looked on itunes today at their new and noteworthy section because i'm developing some podcast art for melissa my wife she's doing a, a podcast for moms and labor and delivery and stuff like that and so i just went in and every podcast in the new and noteworthy section is made by like a large media op uh, operation like this is, we are a long ways away from even just a year ago. Steph, we launched your podcast. And in, according to our calculations, we should easily be able to get on new and noteworthy. That's how it always worked before. Mm -hmm. I don't think we ever got on there, did we? No, we didn't. I mean, we got, we were, we got up pretty high in like the business section in terms of like top listened to, but not new and noteworthy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, uh, that's with a, a sizable amount of downloads yeah. for a new show for a brand new show. Right. Uh, yeah. still not enough to be on there because when Vox or slate or ABC or some of these other massive podcast networks that exist now put out a new show, they can swing an audience of maybe it's, maybe it's 50,000, 10 to 50,000 people at the small end. You know what I mean? And some of the big ones of 300, 500, or maybe a million people to check out a new show, right? These are like, they, like it's just crazy to me how, how, okay, so in 10 years of that, oh, guess what? Like the podcast, like <laughs> easy to grow thing. Now, now we're, now you have to evolve. You have to be good again. This is the, this is the maturation of any media thing. Now, why am I talking about media? Because I just think content is what we put into any particular media, Right. So there's content on TV, there's content on Netflix, there's content in, in uh, Instagram, there's content in uh, Pinterest, there's content in podcasts, there's content in blog posts. 
Um, and and what you're talking about specifically, Corbett, is just like the way that the, that content you didn't used to have to write great content. You'd have a big you'd have a big audience, and that got you writing better content because you had more resources. You were more rich, sort of like you you could you could really make something good. But then just have this world evolve where it's like, okay, we don't have to work very hard on the content to get the traffic and the things, and then you're getting way less engagement because the way that everybody's treating that content is it's it's poorer and poorer and poorer in terms of its actual functionality in my life. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. To me personally, and I, I think you that's know, fascinating. I, I, I think any content that has substance is the kind of thing that you don't even feel like calling content. If yeah. you call it content, yeah. you're doing it wrong. Yeah. You know, this, this example on Instagram again, isn't content, it's art, mm-hmm. you know, or uh, if you come across some really great blog, it's not content, it's writing, mm-hmm. you know? And, mm-hmm. and I think that's what you want to get after is what's the, what's the, the real verb underneath what you're trying to do, um, instead of the, I'm, I'm contenting, right? Mm-hmm. You don't say I'm contenting, yeah. I'm, I'm writing or yeah. I'm making art. And this is the real, this is the reason why you must care about what you're doing. It must be some, in some way, personally satisfying to you if you're going to survive. Unless if you want to, if you're playing like a, a, I think there's levels of the game that's, that are just straight up entrepreneurship. Uh, you've got rev, you've got income or you've got VC funding or you've got enough money to make a big splash and do this thing. And then it's like, okay, we just need to get X, Y, and Z going. Then maybe, but you're still going to hope for you get a smart content kid who knows how to actually create stuff for social, for blog or, or, you know, written textual stuff, stuff for medium, stuff for Facebook, stuff for whatever, because this is just a place where people are. And if you can play that game very well, then you could potentially, I don't know. I don't know. But the truth is you could also just be advertising there. You could just hire an agency to be advertising this. So if you were cash rich, you could do it, but we're not cash rich. Most of us listening to the show are not cash rich, which is why it's so important to know the difference between truly resonating with an audience, doing something that is unique, something that is true, something that is good, right? And just just barely like doing like, oh yeah, this is actually good. This is decent. This is decent. This is decent. Just decent. You know, I just don't, I don't know if decent is a viable, I wouldn't count on decent as a viable solution for making this or a viable strategy for making it in the next 10 years of doing this, you know? And that's why I think it's just, and it's always been the, 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 the development of history has always been getting better, more, getting more intelligent, more artistic, more this, that, but, but like at the core of it, there's resonance. And that's just like, so what do you need to do to resonate with your people? How do you say the thing? You have to see more, I guess, is, is what it is. Like when this illustrator, illustrator, <laughs> illustrator, this person sees the experience and then contextualizes it in this iceberg illustration in a way that's like, oh my God, yeah, that's exactly what it's like. Whereas the rest of us are just having the feelings. <laughs> you know, we're just like feeling overwhelmed and like not feeling like quite like successful when someone says we are or something like that. Anyways, I'll stop there. Uh, uh, I love, I love these conversations. I wish we could just like kind of go, go and go and go. I think we could go for a <laughs> um, long time. I think we could. Um, so here's one from me. I'm going to have in the show notes for you at fizzleshow.co slash two zero six. It is an article that my friend Chris Johnson sent to me. And, uh, he said, this is the most important thing you've ever read. Uh, like it, share it. <laughs> and I was like, and it's not an, that's like a, not an uncommon uh, text from Chris Johnson. He just sometimes sends me things like this. And it ended up being, it was a really great article from David Hanemeyer Hansen. 
who is the creator of Ruby on Rails, a uh, uh, software language, programming language, uh, templating language kind of, and then uh, also the co-founder of Basecamp or 37 Signals, one of my favorite small businesses. And these guys are famous. They wrote books like Rework. They're famous for saying like, why are we, why are we doing this whole venture capital? Everybody's got to have like an, an exponential growth. Everybody's got, why, like, this isn't how, this isn't how business has been. This is an unevolved way of looking at business. This is not an intelligent way of looking at business. This is an opportunistic way of looking at business and it's hurting our society ultimately. And that's kind of what their message has always been. And he kind of put it together in this article called Exponential Growth Devours and Corrupts. And it's a kind of scathing article, to be honest. But he makes a good, good argument for uh, growth. If growth is your motivator, growth as a motivator inevitably corrupts. Uh, and I like this concept. If you've listened to our 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 podcasts on uh, defining your own success, what does success mean? How to be successful? Success here is in air quotes. Um, you know the difference that we always draw between, uh, I guess, like what I've said before. Like if you do what you think you're supposed to do, you're never going to feel what you want to feel. Uh, and what you're supposed to do in business is grow, 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 grow. And these guys, like some guru or some prophet, are saying, like, no, that's a stupid story. You have to look at you have to look at at, at the things you want out of your business, not just growth for growth's sake. Um, uh, I don't know. He he pulls back the curtain a bit and reframes some central business terms like engagement and fiduciary responsibility. I really liked. I really liked some of these points because he's actually thinking much bigger than me uh, because he's, he's experienced way, way higher levels of the game than, than me. So for me, my advice on this article is to kind of like make it one of those things that you read until you understand, <laughs> you know, you maybe like put mm -hmm. it on the list to like read it every year. Because what I love, uh, this is this is what is at the heart of the indie business movement, I think, in so, at least in some way. Part of the, the indie business movement is is just... I want to live life on my terms. Like I would like to be able to walk with my son to school in the morning. I would like to be able to go grocery shopping at the co-op with my wife. Yes, I live in a town where there's a co-op. That's something I would like to live in. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I want, I want to cook healthy food. I want to feel, I want to feel uh, like that there's plenty of time, and I want to be engaged, and I want to be creative, and I want to be, I want to be really. Con con contributing to something that that I think is important. I want to see the value of my work. Like Corbett was talking about how important that is in motivating our employees and and ourselves. So these are like these are the ways you end up defining what you want to do. And we can just do that now. It's it takes work. There's but it's it, it, like we say in the beginning of the show. It's possible. It's amazing, but it's difficult, right? And that's what Fizzle lives to sort of serve. That on one side of what is the indie business revolution to me is is it's it's uh, it's just freedom, personal freedom. Like I want to fund the life that I want to live, and also, oh yeah, I want my business to feel good. I don't want it to feel like a job, you know. So there's that thing, but then there's this other thing, which is like, oh, guess what? Just like in the industrial uh, technology technological sort of boom that we've had over the last 500 years like that a lot of this actually is is unhealthy for our species and our environment as a whole uh, the, the environment that we live in as a species turns out maybe this this model for uh, for thinking about business 
is unhealthy as well. And I just think like these, this voice from David Hanemeyer Hansen, it's like, he's like a, he's like John the Baptist. He's like, where he's like screaming in the wilderness. Like, why won't anybody listen to me? This is what it feels like to me because it feels very prophetic. It feels very, uh, uh, I'm on board with it like a lot, but that's because I guess maybe I'm a hippie or a weirdo. I'm not, I'm certainly not wearing a three piece suit and I don't have like mm-hmm. a, a blue blazer on with the gold buttons. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not my dad. I'm not one of these guys who, who can get rich or has gotten rich off of some industrial system or some, some thing and, and, and just knows that that's the, that's the game that's being played. Oh, come on. It's wealth, baby. I don't know. I love it. I love this, this point of view. I don't know. Anything uh, to add on that? Well, just that if, if anybody hasn't read, uh, 37 signals books, I, I think by the way, they, they changed their name, the company name to Basecamp. Um, but, uh, their blog is still called signal versus noise, I think, but they wrote a couple of books. Uh, the first one, maybe 10 years ago now, it was called getting real. Mm. And then the second one was called rework. And both of those were revolutionary for me in terms of how I looked at, um, running a business. And then, uh, DHH, as he's called David Hanemeyer Hansen on medium, uh, has written a bunch of really awesome articles over the past couple of years. One, uh, if you like this one that you can find at the Fizzle show notes, uh, you should also check out Reconsider. That's another one that he wrote a year or two ago. Okay, I'll put that in the in the show notes as well. And if you want more of him, he's writing a lot on, on Medium right now, and you can find him when you open up those things. So I'll put all those in the show notes there. Well, guys, so listen, we're at 50 minutes-ish here. So I'm thinking, can we do like rapid fire on our next ones? Let's do yep. it. Okay. Okay, Steph, rapid fire. Okay, rapid fire. So this is actually a nice segue from what Chase was just talking about in a way. Um, This is a documentary. I'm sure Chase has probably seen it because he's seen every documentary and maybe Corbin's seen it too. I have no idea how long this has been on Netflix, but John and I just watched The Minimalists. Have you guys seen this? Yeah. Yeah, they're great guys. Now that I think about it, I know Liam about is in there too, and I know you guys know him. But um, so I'd seen this yeah. on Netflix a bunch of times, and I just like always scrolled past it. I was like, whatever, I know what minimalism is, like, this is just a buzz thing. And I never watched it. And John and I watched it together. And I don't know, this is just something that I am considering on a deeper level in my life right now. And I just kind of want to encourage other people to check it out if you haven't. I, you know, I had read The Life Changing Magic of Tidying Up by Marie Kondo, which is a good book and whatever. I started like folding my clothes differently and I got rid of a few garbage bags worth of clothes. (laughs) But I feel like, I feel like I'm considering this on a different level now. And it has to do with what you were just talking about, Chase, where for me, it's more about create. I feel very, there's a lot of energy for me right now with creating simplicity in my home. And uh, it's gotten me past kind of the novelty of the minimalism buzz. And it's more about um, I, I'm realizing I have a strong aversion to clutter and extraneous items. Like it is actually impacting my creativity. It's impacting how I live my life, my stress levels. And there's also this like whole other ecological piece that is explored in the minimalist that I had not really thought that much about, right? Especially having mm. a new baby, like there's so much stuff mm-hmm. on like a whole other level and you can go on Amazon and in two days get what you want. And I have just kind of started to reconsider this and I've been doing a lot more to kind of source things that I need secondhand. I live in a huge metro area in Chicago. So there's like all these cool Chicago mom swap groups where you can get stuff you need from other people and give items a second life. So anyway, I've always kind of like so many people in my life lately have been asking me like, when are you and John going to upgrade to a bigger space? You've got more kids now, you've got more stuff. And we're kind of getting more and more into like kind of giving those people the middle finger and being like, hey, we can live in a smaller space and we're creating a more, I don't know, more like spatial abundance. So anyway, 
this is kind of turning into like a woo-woo episode, I guess. But if you haven't seen The Minimalist, it's something that I've been thinking about and uh, it's creating a lot of new energy for me. So check it out. By the way, Steph, I try, I've done the like 33, the 333 closet. Yes. Thing. I think yes, I probably talked so to cool. you about it before, but that, that probably. I got from that documentary. So yeah. like I, I, I found that they did a really good job uh, of t- there was a few few parts of it that I was just like okay 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 and then other yeah. parts were like whoa yeah 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 this is good mm-hmm. uh, so yeah I, I highly recommend it as well okay Corbett well, uh, great great segue Steph thanks for making me look like the consumerist oh, no. <laughs> uh, mine <laughs> I found a new mine. kind of uh, plastic bag that's great it's uh, <laughs> they're really really cheap they're made they, of mostly they come pa- in packages of a hundred <laughs> and they're mostly made out of petroleum or what I don't know what but they really really keep my stuff frozen. <laughs> So uh, next on my list was just something for fun today. And uh, partly this is a a little bit of a case study on companies that are doing things right. And this is uh, a product that I think I've mentioned before. Uh, It is Sonos, which is a uh, digitally connected speaker system. And I have several of them throughout my home. And it just makes my life better because I've got music on all the time at, at the touch of my finger from any device that I have in my pocket, which is fantastic. But Sonos just released a new speaker. Uh, It's actually pre-release. They just uh, announced it today. Mm -hmm. And I thought this was interesting for a couple of reasons. The first is, remember back, you know, four or five years ago, Apple was the company that would tease new products and everybody would get excited about them. And now I feel like for some reason that's gone. And I don't know where that mojo comes from, but Sonos kind of still has that mojo where they don't put things out very often. And when they do, it's pretty interesting. This new uh, speaker is also interesting to me because they took what a lot of people already own, which is a play bar, this thing that goes in front of your uh, TV, which is intended to be mounted on the wall. They, these, the people that produce these uh, sound bars assume that everyone mounts their television on the wall, but most of us don't do that, right? Most of us have our TVs sitting on top of some sort of a credenza, if you will, or entertainment unit of some sort. And so they created this new speaker that's meant to sit actually underneath your television. It's it's a little platform, a little raised platform, which um, nobody else has really done in this way before. So I thought it was interesting just from a product design standpoint for them to be so brave as to do this when nobody else was to reconsider the way that these speakers are used. And also because I just think this is going to be a really big hit for them. Uh, and when it showed up in my inbox today, I found myself wondering like what, what the hell this thing was and really looking into it. So Mm. anyway, if, uh, the rest of you, uh, non-minimalists out there are interested, (laughs) you can find this in the show notes as well. But that's part of the fun (laughs) of the minimalism is like you buy a sound bar and now your whole sound system is gone. Like you take off, you, you get rid of everything and you just have this sound bar. You know what I mean? Like, it, like yeah. sometimes it's like, you know, like every once in a while, it's, I need to buy a new costume before I can really start running. Like if I get like the shoes and oh, the yeah. tights and the thing, then I might just, you know, I'm a little more, I might just get it done. Totally. Um, okay, cool. That's a good one. I will, I'm going to do, I'm going to do two. What I'm going to do right now is I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm not going to tell you what my last one is, uh, that I meant to do it. That's going to be in the show notes at fizzleshow.co slash two zero six is a pro move right there. there. That one I'm putting in and it's good. It's good. It's a YouTube video. You're going to watch it. Uh, but you gotta, you gotta dog ear it for like, you know, it's going to take a little while. It's a, it's a longer thing, but it's awesome. Then, uh, I'm going to say this, you guys, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't shared this with you. I, I went, I got a record player. I got a record player. 
Like I am, and I got, I didn't like, what? like in, in true Chase Reese fashion, I didn't do like just like the intro record player. Like, like no, I went, I went a little over. I got a good, a really solid turntable. Um, that is that you know. Anyway, spent more than I than I probably should have on it. But here's the best thing about it, and you don't need to have get a turntable and a music system. The, the truth is, I have an, a, I'm a total audiophile, but I'm trying so hard not to fall too down down that slippery slope. Uh, and, and Corbett, you know how I have those really tall speakers? Um, mm-hmm. well, they, because they're elevated, they're on my like built-in sort of media thing. The tweeter, which is supposed to be right around at ear height is super high above our head. So it's like eight feet high. Yeah. It's like eight feet tall. Right. So I flipped those speakers upside down mm. and, and put them, uh, and then like took the feet off and put them on the bottom and stuff like that. And they sound like God. They sound so uh-huh. Good. The whole system sounds good now. And getting the record player got me, got me into like, okay, let's let's tweak all this stuff out. And finally, I, I fixed that. But the most important thing from this, it's really, really fun. I'm buying records that are just the right kind of sound for those moments after dinner when you have like maybe you and and two other couples around or something like that, and you're just like chatting in the mm-hmm. living room. You know, so it's like everything's got to be perfect yeah. for the chatting in the living room vibe. And sometimes, sometimes it's a little more upbeat. So I got the Daft Punk. You know, he's up all night to get funky. You know, I also got the new, uh, this old Prince album, which is like my new favorite album. Uh, But a lot of singer songwriter stuff. Anyways, the whole point being, if you go back to thinking about music in terms of albums, it's more fun. It's just more fun. (laughs) That's just, it's just more fun. You don't have to think about curating the best playlist. You don't have to think about yada, yada, yada. I don't know. I find I, I, I've missed music so much, even though it's been on nonstop in the background. So it's been fun for me to like Mm -hmm. have music, be thinking about it again. I've got my Thomas Dibdolls and my, you know, and, and, and I'm doing this not just on the records, but also now as I think about, you know, stuff in Spotify and things like that too. So anyways, if you want to see my real thing, you can go to fizzleshow.co slash 206. I think that's it, guys. You ready to sound sound off here? Yep. Mm, how are we going to sound off? I think we're going to try it like this. I have been Chase Wardman-Reeves. I've been Corbett Lee Barr. I have been Steph Wardman-Crowder. <laughs> and we'll see you there. Or, or we'll, we'll see, see you another, another time. time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was fizzleshow.co slash Two zero six. That's where you're going to find all the show notes for this. Fizzleshow.co slash 206. I put together a little paragraph with some links for everything that we talked about there, including Corbett's really consumeristic Sonos thing. Um, listen, here's a quick iTunes rating here from uh, Mictronius in the USA who simply says, I want to keep my business productive and enjoyable. Fizzle nails a healthy mix of fun and business. This show is a must listen. Thank you so much, Mectronius. And uh, dear listener, if you haven't let yet, leave us an iTunes review. We love hearing from you. Did you like this episode? Did you like one of our episodes in particular? Let us know in the iTunes review or in the comments at fizzleshow.co slash two zero six. Okay, that's another episode in the can, and I hope your week is going so good. It's Tuesday when this comes out. Now we do it on Tuesdays because that's where we changed it to. And uh, and I don't know, I hope you're liking that. That means you get to get a little bump, you know, a little bump early on in the week, and then you get you get to, to finish your week strong. As uh, Tichnat Han says, get a little bump early in the week, and then just finish strong. <laughs> I like that. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thanks. And I'll talk to you next Fizzle Tuesday. See you guys.